OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. The next stop on the Star City Games Open Series is coming up soon in St. Louis. On December 3rd and 4th, join hundreds of other players to battle it out in the standard Legacy and Draft Opens and compete for the glory, the money, and the prestige of moving up the ranks in the SCG Players Club. With side events galore and live coverage courtesy of SCG Live, it'll be an action-packed weekend that you won't want to miss. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in St. Louis, and we'll see you there. Welcome to episode 88 of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco. And I'm Big Head Joe. And we're going to run through this episode at 88 miles per hour, I think. Uh, I think bo- both of us made a Back to the Future reference already, just confirming what episode number it was. One, <laughs> One Back to the Future reference. Oh, I sat here yeah, yelling at him for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, Back to the Future quotes. 1.21 gigawatts! Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, we've got... Kind of, I, I think. I think the way I was thinking about this episode, it's kind of like a original recipe, Yo MTG Taps, where we kind of have like a bunch of little things to talk about. We have a bunch of suggestions from Twitter, most of which kind of hover around the same kind of things, but uh, some interesting ones. First question: Why are you selling all your cards? Ha! Funny, funny question. I was actually I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, well, um, then good. I'm glad I brought it up first. Yeah, I knew the, I knew that was going to come up, um, and I actually wanted to bring it up on the show. Um, I had actually considered at one point. I considered quitting Standard. Yeah, what was um, the thought yeah. process behind that? Um, I'm tired of trying to keep up with it. Like, I don't really like feel like trying to build a new deck every like couple weeks. I just like it was kind of getting tired of. How thing? I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I guess I just spent the last year, uh, you know, picking up cards for a static format. <laughs> and with the format being as dynamic as it is right now, it's like t- tough to keep up with. Uh-huh. And um, what do you mean by a static format? Are you talking about like legacy? Is that what? Oh uh, no, no, no! no I'm you... talking. No, I'm talking about Callblade. <laughs> oh right, okay. No, you know, it was like <laughs> it was. Like, oh, I guess I just got to pick up cards for this one deck. <laughs> And like, and it was a lot easier and like, um, you know, and it's not like I'm sitting here saying that I don't like how standard is right now. Mm -hmm. I think standards fine. Um, you know, uh, I don't have any particular issues with standard as a format right now, but just as someone collecting, like picking up the cards and stuff like that, I'm just, I, I want to just mess around with. Uh, mono red for a little while and uh, the mono black infect deck I'm keeping together too but other than that like everything else I'm like selling off I see. Uh, it's just a scaling back kind of thing um, it's a little bit of a needing some money kind of thing you know because I was mm-hmm. sick for a week and like uh, 
my Couldn't paycheck work, last right. week was literally for fifty dollars. <laughs> it's just uh, it was just a thing where I wanted to uh, reprioritize, and um, and I think going forward, I'm going to be focused more on on legacy and just. I mean, honestly, I'm going to probably draft a lot more and play a little more commander, mm-hmm. and maybe not play as much standard. Um, what uh what what was it about those de- or what made you decide on those two decks the mono black and the mono red? Mono red is a permanent archetype. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, most of the cards for it are fairly cheap, mm-hmm. and um, it's a style of play that I'm in, that I enjoy. That's another thing is that I don't. I'm really not in the mood to play blue right now. I'm mm-hmm. not in the mood to play matches that go to time. I'm not in the mood to play matches that don't have a clear winner and like i'd rather clearly lose than like draw right you know what I mean? like and uh i mean and you know mono red's a, a, you know a favorite of mine so it's not like i'm like yeah yeah I, I was just curious thing. you know i mean for a while there i know that you were uh you were like buying collections and you were getting a lot of stuff you were you know being the medina of the east i guess is is uh, <laughs> i guess is a way to put it um I guess I wasn't sure if it was like, oh, this is just excess stuff, you know. <laughs> I've been trading and getting all this, all this. No, stuff. no. One of the things you you brought up standard and like, this is something I was actually thinking about. Uh, it's way different, obviously, than the the call blade standard that that we were used to. As you said, it was static. Um, and while obviously the 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 call blade metagame wasn't. Uh, kind of ideal for most people i kind of i don't know how i feel about standard right now it's not that i dislike it but i don't really like it because like kind of like you said um it just feels like there's just so many decks i i kind of don't like i'm interested in a couple of them but you know, it's like I'm playing blue-black control. I'm like, should I be playing solar flare? Do I want to play Grixis, which is what I do want to play right now, or like blue-red tempo uh, kind of thing? Uh, you know, those are the kind of decks that are appealing to me. But it just feels like there's almost too many decks. I'd rather there be less. I think Mike uh, Flores brought this up when we had him on just before the bannings. Um, within, I think it was just a few weeks before the bannings, where he was saying, you know, that that these formats where there are too many decks aren't really good either because you can't prepare for a tournament because you have there's the field is just so wide open that it's almost like what's the use of a sideboard because you have no idea what you're going to face you just got to like put you know you can't really focus on taking down any certain strategy because there's just so many you're just going to you're you're just going to face like so many different things and uh, i i don't know if that's what I want out of a metagame or what, but uh, I just know that I feel like standard is not exciting me right now. And, and again, I don't want to say I dislike it because it's not that I dislike it. It's just that I don't really feel that excited by it. And it's strange because it is so wide open. There's a deck that there's decks out there for anybody to play. And usually that's a, a good thing. Or usually I think of it as a good thing, but for some reason I'm not seeing it that way right now. Right. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I pretty much agree with you, too. Um, I'm not that excited about it. That's why I want to play. That's why I want to go back to mono red. Mm-hmm. Because 
It's like focusing on, you know, what excites me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like just being able to just smash my opponent's face in four turns, five turns is, is great. (laughs) And, uh, so like, rather than like waiting till my opponent gets like 50 lands out and just attacks me with an ink moth nexus, um, and then, and then if that does get that far, going well, how do I deal with that? All of my removal sorcery speed. I just go gut shot, and they go ow gut shot, <laughs> and I go that's right gut shot. Just ruined your deck. You know what I mean? Like, what did you think of the the blue red tempo deck? Because it's like oddly like you're saying gut shot, and I'm like yeah, then play Snapcaster Mage on gut shot. <laughs> And I'm like, wait sure, a second. sure. That's and I was pretty thinking much of what Blue Red Tempo was. Yeah, well, I was looking at that deck a little bit too. I'd considered that for a time, um, in so much as I have two foil Delver of Secrets that I've picked up over the last couple weeks. Very um, nice. But like, I don't know. I just want to go with Mono Red. Yeah, yeah. That's I want to play Koth. Like, right on. Who? I. It, it baffles me to see these Koths in the sideboard of Mono Red decks. What do you bring Koth in against? I'm, I'm I'm seriously asking. I'm not like, you know, just talking smack. I really don't know. What do you What do you board cough in for? I I just know that I have a heck of a time dealing with him with control decks. Like, I usually don't have creatures to attack it. You know, er, early on. Like so. So you play a cough turn four and yeah. But I thought yeah. that you just play a cough turn four. Uh, every game, right? I like, understand what you're saying. You're saying you know I mean? you're like, saying you should always have it, but I think yeah, like, he's weaker against things that can attack back because you don't want to be sitting there like I'm going to play Koth and leave back blockers. Like you don't really want to do that. You want to be going. You go. I pay four and I attack with a four four haste guy, and if you kill him, great. So what? Right. So you just played paid four for a for a four four haste. Like, what's wrong with it? Does that sound bad? It no, it's sound- not terrible. But I mean, there's seems like there's better things haste. you can do. That could also potentially be a 4-4 haste the following turn and prevent four damage to you at least. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. Like I'm, you know, I'm not bad me. I'm not, ever. I'm not actually arguing with you. <laughs> the, the problem with cough to me is like, or like, I, I see what you're saying about control decks having a problem dealing with them, but they do have ways to deal with them. It's called mana leak, dissipate, negate. Right. You know, like, um, I would rather play my turn four cough get four damage in and then have him die the next turn, then play my turn four cough and have him just get countered and put him in the graveyard and nothing ever happens. Right. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if I, if I would bring him in against control decks. I'm like, okay, so I tap out and then they counter it and then they do their thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like me, I just want every game. It's never coming out of my deck. Like, you know, I, I mean, it might come out, it might come out against certain decks, but it's it's going to be in there game one. I'm going to see if your deck can deal with Koth before I take him out. I see. I get you. I like, yeah, it just – I know looking at things like the – just kind of like the metagame, there's so many creature-based decks. All right, we've got uh, – looking at worlds, there's just all these aggro decks. There's Tempered Steel and, uh, and you know, these the human decks and the illusions decks, which didn't really show up that much at Worlds, but they're very popular too. And it's just kind of like, I mean, think of Geist of St. Traft, just the angel just kills Koth by itself. But, you know, there's just so many, like, Koth just becomes like a kind of a, a fog that does four damage, I guess. I mean, that that's fine. It just what? doesn't seem like something what you want to be like doing. What is that, like Haze Frog? 
Which yeah. frog? Which frog yeah. does four damage? <laughs> Something like that. I know what you mean, but um, but anyway, that's that's the thing with Koth. I think he just he just dies too easily. There's like other things that red decks want to be doing with their mana. Uh, I, I this is just from my experience playing against red more often than playing with red. But um, I feel like I better have a, a mana leak or a negate or something for that cough because if I don't, I really have trouble dealing with it. And so it's almost like, yeah, you're, you're going to tap out for cough. Um, but if they don't have it, like that's you, you've almost won right there. Like you've gotten a really good, because in the meantime, you've probably played things turn one, two, and three that they may have had to either waste resources on, or if they didn't, you, you're just getting in, you know, little bits of damage here and there. And now cough is there to, to add to the the problem and you know things like chandra's phoenix like i mean how do you deal with that you you don't want to mana leak it but then at the same time you're like um you know if i mana leak it maybe i can bottleneck them on on mana like it's just it's weird and i think um i i just think cough is good against control and the reason it's probably not in the lists you're seeing in the main deck is because control decks aren't around as much there's more uh wolf run decks and not even as many of those as there are aggro decks that can just kill koth pretty pretty quickly um but uh anyway that's that's the the koth segment unless you had something else you wanted to add i like turtles yeah so i think one of the other reasons that i was uh that I feel like I'm not as excited about standard is because I'm so excited about modern. I'm not. I know we've, we've had this conversation <laughs> although, on the podcast I'll, before, but go ahead, go ahead. Although I did just pick up a set of ball lightnings. Hello. <laughs> Interesting. You to play mono red and modern too. Yes. Mono yes, red am. in every format. Yes, I am. I'm going to play mono red in every format, but legacy because I have, because you have, mono, a better I have the better mono red, <laughs> which, which is Merfolk. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, like the goblins, but it wins. We had we had several. <laughs> that's funny, uh, and has counter spells. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why it wins. That's what I'm saying. It wins because it has counter spells. Doesn't play brainstorm though. It obviously can't win. Does not play brainstorm. That's such a good card. You can even play it during your main phase. I've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> uh, so we had several requests to talk about modern. Um, Jason Clark, who of course is from the, the Brewport Avenue podcast. Really so people that know us and know that I don't care about modern, like, yes, yes let's talk about modern. And Jay Johnson and Dan Dusang also, uh, requested that we talk about modern, but here, right. here's something Fine. Did, talk about modern. I don't like modern. All right. <laughs> Did you pay any attention to the lists that came out of, uh, of world? No. Okay. Why? Cause you don't like modern. I just don't care. It's like it's a PTQ format. Like so that's that's one of the reasons. Uh, what was one of my other questions? I know you uh, were thinking about you know going around to a bunch of PTQs. Are you yeah. not doing that for modern? I'll play. I'll play mono red. I don't okay. need. To, I don't need to look at lists. I just play mono red. And then like if I if mono red's <laughs> good in that field, then I win. And if it's not, then I don't. So what? <laughs> you ever? I mean, I know you have. You know, like improv classes. Yeah. Right. And they always tell you, don't be the one that just shuts everything down. Yeah. Well, that's what you're doing. <laughs> like, let's talk about modern. I hate modern. Well, what are you going to play? Mono red. That's it. On to the we next talk- topic. We were talking about this. <laughs> Adam Carolla, right? What? Uh, did Adam, Adam Car- Carolla podcast? Um, Amistad. Thomas Dodd. I Thomas think, Dodd. Sent us that link. 
Um, that was a while ago. But anyway, but yeah, so I don't re- really remember what the topic of the podcast was. But it was exactly. basically about like a guy who couldn't improv yeah. at all. And so that's what you're doing. I know. <laughs> but I think – go ahead. He brought up a topic. I mean like I, – I, I, mm, Like what okay. am I supposed to say about modern? Well, here, here's the thing. Like at Worlds – Modern was kind of just a slew of zoo decks and uh, blue zoo decks. You know, they had like Snapcaster Mages and Unified Will even and Mana Leaks and things like that. Um, kind of like Kibler's Countercat list that he uh, he played at Pro Tour Philly. Um, and then, of course, kind of like some of the combo decks that survived the, you know, the bannings of Preordain and Ponder and things like that. Um but some other – like Modern's still a lot more wide open and the fact that Modern was a day three format made it so that people didn't really have to worry about that. You know, It's kind of like, hey, if I'm still kicking on day three, then I'll think of which deck I want to play. Right. Like a lot of players showed up with that in mind. Like they were literally going you know, the morning of – or you know, the night before uh, the Modern format or the Modern portion of Worlds – are going, okay, I'm still alive. I still want to keep playing. I need a modern list. I guess I'll play Zoo. So, like, a lot of people didn't do a lot of, of work on it. But there are the, the people that did have some pretty interesting lists. I think uh, Shadow Yasuoka came up with a Gifts Ungiven list. That's Ooh. very cool. I think uh, Noyan's building that to play or building something like it to play with on Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. um, Alex Shearer, now he wasn't in the Pro Tour, but he was at Worlds. And um, uh, I got to hang out with him a bit, and he oh, that's cool. He built, yeah. I mean, he loves gifts ungiven. His blog is gifts ungiven, right? Uh, and he built a gifts deck, which was very, very cool. Um, he, among other kind of awesome gifts packages that you know, kind of that tend to show up in these decks, he just gifts plays gifts ungiven for two cards, which is legal because if you want them, they just both go to the graveyard. You don't have to get four cards. Uh, just two of the cards you choose go to the graveyard. So he gets Unburial Rites and Iona and just plays Iona the next turn. <laughs> wow. So that that's just awesome. Um, he wrote about that in his article on Channel Fireball this week, so you can check that out. Um, he happened to play against my deck in one of the modern side events. Um, my Flash Delirium deck, which I think I've mentioned before was a reference to an, an MGMT song, um, but it's it's kind of previous level blue. Um, if you guys haven't seen it yet, it's on affinityforislands.com. I've written about it. My my most recent list was right before Worlds, and um, it's got Snapcaster Mage, Tabell, Stutter Sprite, Vendillion Click, uh, Tarmogoyf as kind of the only sorcery speed creature, um, Vidalkin Shackles, Engineered Explosives, Sword of Feast and Famine, uh, you know, a bunch of Counterspells, Cryptic Command, and... Um, Anyway, like I've been toying around with this this list for a while, as those of you who have been listening probably know. Um, but someone, uh, Andrew Harris, actually saw my list, put it, put together a sideboard for it because I I hadn't actually put together a sideboard, um, put together a sideboard for it and took it all the way to the finals of the the modern nice. side event at Worlds. And uh, he tweeted at me the next day, him and his finals opponent, which is um, Alaric Stein. I am not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but he's um, Platypus Jedi on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he uh, 
he was the opponent. He actually won the event. So uh, I, I was really excited to hear about that. And uh, shout out to to Andrew for for playing that. And he um he said you know it, it was really good for him. I asked him if he had any suggestions or you know how things went, but he didn't. Uh, you know, what he might have changed, but he didn't mention too much other than saying like the fourth path to exile came in a lot. And uh, he had a board against like affinity. He had like a Kataki. I don't have his exact board in front of me right now, but I could I could uh, get it. But I'm not going to worry about that right now. But anyway, um, the format's kind of kind of defined, but at the same time, it still has a lot of room for innovation. And we've got modern PTQs coming up. And you know anybody who's playing on the East Coast at all knows that they'll at least have the possibility of playing against Mono Red if Joe's going. Yep. Uh, so you can plan for that. Um, but we still have another bannings announcement coming up. That's true. And uh, you know there's a potential for something else to be banned in Modern. I know. I, I feel like right now that's not likely unless they saw something at Worlds they didn't like. And um, I know. Or they could unban something. They could unban something. Um, Bitter Blossom. One of the <laughs> – uh, I wouldn't have a problem with that, I don't think. But uh, I think they want the format to become a little bit more defined before they unban things at this point. Um, I think something that uh, Chapin said when I talked to him at Worlds and he mentioned it. Obviously, it was on last week's episode, but Joe, I know you haven't heard it. Um, was he kind of suspects that Wild Nakadal may – be one of the cards that maybe not this this uh, announcement, but as this format starts to take shape, if it keeps looking the way it does, is it's at a point right now where Nakadal is kind of too good, and um, it's it's really you know it it is it's obviously very good. It's a defining one drop. Like I, I think it's one of it's probably the premier beatdown one drop you know that I can even think of. Right, yeah. like Grim Lava Mancer is not like Grim Lava Mancer is great, right? But it needs it's an activated ability, right? And um, Goblin you know, Guide gives you a land, right? Goblin Guide's great, but it's just a two-two, and you know you get that extra attack in, but they they get land. Goblin Guide kind of rivals it there, but I think you know Wild Nakadal, especially in in Legacy and then in Modern, which has got the same lands, I can see that logic, and um, I'm kind of on the lookout for that as a potential uh, banning. And, and, and again, I don't really think anything is going to happen this this time, but uh, I wouldn't put it past Wizards to do that. Maybe, I guess the next announcement after December would be, what, in March, I guess? That would make sense, right? Yeah. So yeah. end of March, and that will be pretty much after the modern PTQ season. So... Depending on how things go for that, that, that's when they may be making a change. But I guess we'll see. Um, I don't expect anything to be banned in Standard, uh, and I don't expect anything to be banned in Legacy either, especially after having so many changes over the past few months uh, in Standard, Modern, and Legacy. I kind of think they want the dust to settle a little bit. Does yeah, that I mean, sense to you? A lot, yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the talk is you know, focused on Brainstorm right now. Which is weird. Like all of a sudden, it just—I mean, Brainstorm's been in Legacy and been around and been awesome and for a long, long time. I mean, I don't know if the ban Brainstorm talk just comes up every so often and then becomes like a, you know, 
a big thing and then just dies down after a little while and then comes back up again. But it's just like, wh- what happened all of a sudden that everybody's like brainstormed? You know, Snapcaster that, mage, dude. Snapcaster mage. I mean, happens. I guess, but I guess that, I mean, that, that, that actually is the happens. best explanation for it. It's that just, is the explanation. It's not the best explanation. It's the only explanation for it. Snapcaster mage. What do you happened. think about it? What do you think about, about that? I think it's fine. What but, about brainstorm not being banned? Like you don't I think, think it- I think brainstorm is fine. Yes. Um okay. and uh but a lot of I mean a lot of people don't like Travis especially. Travis very much thinks brainstorm should be banned. Like you you really like as much as I didn't have time to listen to our podcast this week, mm-hmm. you definitely hooked me with uh with uh Pat Chapin's um like opinion on brainstorm in the description of it. Yeah. Like, uh, said like, um, well, it's, it's like the cornerstone of the format. Yes. Of, you know, I think that might be the way I, I described it, but I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking for the exact words here. Okay. But, um, brain, uh, uh, and explains why brainstorm is vital to the health of legacy. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Which I thought was very, very good hook there <laughs> yeah well i mean the the thing is i mean here here's a question if i want to play brainstorm if they ban brainstorm and legacy and i want to play brainstorm where do i go like wh- i'm not pl- what vintage now so i can play one copy it's it's kind of gets to the point where like this card is not uh so good that it needs to be banned like where I- i'm playing legacy because i want to play brainstorm you know, like that right. actually – I'm not even joking, but when I started getting into Legacy, that was probably the number one draw for me besides the nostalgia factor that I'd be like, oh, I can play with old cards. But it was Brainstorm. It was oh, awesome. I get to play with Brainstorm. I haven't played with this card. I never really played with it when it was legal and standard and or even an extended because I just wasn't playing blue at those times, you know? I wasn't really into blue. I was mostly only into standard uh, for most of my magic playing life. And even when even before that, or not before in the earlier parts I was only playing like green and red decks and black decks and things. So anyway, my point is I was excited to play Brainstorm. Like this is a it's an awesome card. Of course, it's fantastic. But why ban it? I don't understand. You know, yes, it's good. It's a good card. Like, do you just want all uh, squires in the format? Because, you know, it's unfair to have a, a 3-2 two for 2 or something. You know, it, anything. I just – you get to the point where, like, what's the next card on this? Okay, so they ban Brainstorm. All right, Travis, what do you want to ban next? Island? Like, I just feel like Travis has a vendetta against Blue. And it's funny because I know he likes playing blue, but I, or, or he says he does. I, I don't really get it. Um, but it, it just – obviously it's a good card. But I think it is one of the reasons to play Legacy. And what uh, Patrick said on, on the uh, interview last week was kind of like if you ban Brainstorm, Legacy will die. Because so many people, that's one of the reasons they play Legacy. It's a big reason that people play Legacy. And that's maybe not immediately, but it just, you start to lose people because, you know, that that's, where do you go if you want to play four Brainstorms? Yeah. Um, you can't go anywhere. Right. Uh, it's like, 
you know, you push Jace away, right? Jace obviously would have rotated out of standard. And it's like, okay, cool. I can play him in extended. No. Oh, modern. No. All right. Legacy and vintage is my only place I can play Jace the Mind Sculptor, a four mana brainstorm, <laughs> you know, like, all right, you know, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it just gets to the point where I, I want to play with these cards, where do I go to play with them? The kitchen table, I guess. I can't even play with four brainstorms in in freaking EDH. You nah, know? Nope. Uh, so I'm going to play Monster EDH. It's 400 card decks, and you have to have a play set of everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Careful now. Careful what you wish for. Yeah. I, I didn't wish for that. I just kind of made People it up. People will be shuffling decks for five hours. Yeah. I, I, I think the – the whole uh, call for bannings and the fact that it was successful last year for Jace um, and then again with, like, mental misstep. Now, I'm not saying that those were wrong at all. Like, all right, I've accepted that and it's fine. I'm not even going to get back into that discussion. But I think that has made people just randomly, like, at this point, start calling for bannings even more because they think that that's, that's... you know, the way that the game is. Now we just ban cards every three months. Right. You know, and it's kind of uh, it's kind of a shame. Like, I don't think that that's the way things should be. Like, I don't think people should be talking about bannings constantly. What's yeah, in- there's a lot of it. Um, and, you know, somebody uh, mentioned maybe Tarmogoyf in Modern. I don't really think that's a problem at all. But given the fact that they... They banned Green Sun Zenith in Modern. I guess I wouldn't put it past them because I... I think they should ban Green Sun Zenith in Legacy. Yeah. Well, it's stronger in Legacy <laughs> than it was in Modern, I guess. But then there's stronger cards you know, in Legacy too to answer it. Stronger answers. But anyway... Like, I swear to God, I was playing against Combo Elves and I'm like doing everything I can. They, they go... Whatever the creature that really helps them go off is. I can't remember the name of it, but is I it counter Her- Heritage, Heritage Druid? Druid. They play Heritage Druid. I go counter it. Then he goes, second Heritage Druid. I go, counter that. Then he goes, Green Sun Zenith for Heritage Druid. I was like, are you kidding? Yeah, like, uh... I just was like, I, ugh, off. <laughs> that's pretty brutal. I mean, that, yeah, sometimes they just have three. I mean, and that was the third. Or I understand, eight. yeah. Or eight, right. <laughs> of every creature in their deck. Right. I don't I don't play Green Sun Zenith in, in uh, my combo elves list, but I probably should. Yeah, you probably should because it's like the most broken card in Legacy. Screw Brainstorm. <laughs> you need to write about this. I want to see. You should write it would just why be a Green bunch Sun Zenith stuff be... in exclamation points, like <laughs> in all caps, like <laughs> – there would be exclamation points in all caps. I, I think uh, I think it's just funny that the players ev- there's players that like and hate everything. You know what one player loves, another guy hates, and I that's the beauty of the game, and it's great. You know, here we have people talking about the possibility of banning Tarmogoyf in Modern, and I'm talking about printing Tarmogoyf for Standard. You know, like I I just and you too, right? I, I mean, hate combo. I hate. I hate stupid combo decks, mm-hmm. but I love fair combo decks. <laughs> yeah, well, like, like it's so weird. Like I'm such a like selective combo player. <laughs> well, I guess it, it just depends on the speed and the uh, kind of the strength of of a combo. 
you know, like how how consistent is it and how well can it be protected? If it's like very consistent and can be protected very well and is pretty fast, I think that's way too dangerous, right? Because it's it's almost like if it happens too fast, that's a form of protection too because you don't give your opponent enough time to even get an answer, right? Like if they can combo off very early, that's basically a you can you can go naked with a turn two combo and just go well they've only seen eight cards or nine cards, right? Right. So that's kind of a form of protection. I think combo decks are awesome. I think combo decks like Dragonstorm at Worlds two thousand seven that Chapin and Nasif took into the top eight, you know that was great. It was very strong, but uh, you know it was it was kind of. <clears throat> Weak to to discard spells, and you saw like Chapin in the finals had to go against uh, Yuri Peleg, who was playing Hypnotic Specter, and I believe Thought Seizes. He had discard spells. I think he had um he may have even had Mind Rot. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but anyway, my my point is like there's awesome combo decks out there that I think are perfectly fine. You know, now that people have even played Dragonstorm in Modern a bit. Um, but I think it really all depends on how strong and uh, consistent and how much you can protect it. Uh, you know, is that, I mean, is that kind of – because you were saying yeah. you're selective about combo Yeah, yeah, decks. exactly, exactly. Right. I think there should be combo decks. I think that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think about Tarmogoyf in any format? And in, in, in you feel like – I think you... Tarmogoyf fine. I think Tarmogoyf would even be fine to be reprinted for standard. I okay. agree with you on that. Okay. Not it, but uh, maybe not if you can search it up with Green Sun Zenith. <laughs> okay. Well, it definitely can't be done in modern, but yeah, it could be done in standard if it were uh, if it were reprinted. Another topic that was brought up: uh, Jason Clark again, and and our buddy Wes Shaw uh, brought up block constructed. Have you? I haven't even given any thought to block constructed. Not at all. Not not a single bit. But, like, just trying to think about it off the top of my head, I mean, something like the the Spirits kind of deck, like with the Geist of St. Traft things, I feel like a lot of that stuff could could possibly translate over. But it's it's really hard to talk about Block Constructed when, one, it's not relevant, and two, it's only one set. This, is, this isn't even Block Constructed, it's Set Constructed, you know? And so, I mean, what can you go with? You can kind of build a uh, Innistrad vampire deck. I bet you know that could work. And werewolves. I think it's very tribal based because Innistrad actually had that as a sub theme. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, since since it has that as a sub theme, that would be the obvious directions to go in. Just off the top of my head, but um, yeah, I think I think it's too early to <laughs> to think block constructed, but uh. On the the tribal note, Owen Burke just asked us to talk zombies. Owen Burke, so, Owen Burke, does that name sound familiar to you? Yeah, isn't that the guy that gave you the zombies leaves? Yeah, that's yeah. Owen Burke uh, just said talk zombies. <laughs> <laughs> have you been watching Walking Dead? I've never seen it. Oh my gosh, it's on Netflix. Do you have Netflix? Yeah. Okay, you can watch season one on Netflix. Yeah, I should. I, I started watching episode one mm-hmm. and then fell asleep and then never watched it since. Okay. Well, you need to watch it. It's uh, the, the mid-season finale of season two, which of course isn't actually a finale if it's a mid-season finale. But uh, they're, they're going on break until February. Uh, that just aired the other night and it was very cool. 
the awesome thing is that they they go in a different direction than the comics. So even if you're reading the comics, you don't know what's going to happen. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, but there's our zombie talk. Unless you want to talk zombie, like, EDH. Um, five cards. Five cards away. I was actually looking up prices for them <clears throat> while we were recording. Um, I can't remember what the last card is. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean for, for your uh, – to foil out your – yeah, your, is this for your your version of the deck? Is that what, for my version? Yeah, yeah. right. And um, you know, it's funny as I actually think I, I'm I'm not sure because I still have time to go. But mm-hmm. if I have enough time to acquire all the other cards for the mm-hmm. deck, I'm actually going to get a um, a sinkhole for the giveaway deck. Oh wow! Because the judge foil is only thirty bucks. Oh wow! <laughs> Yeah, I was like, "Oh, well, that's easy." Like, because I have an alpha that's like twice that. You know what I mean? Right. So I just assume that sinkholes are fifty, sixty bucks. I'm like, "Whoa, yeah. thirty bucks! Damn!" Like, I'm I'm still not going to foil out my sinkhole, but I'm thinking of including a foil sinkhole in the giveaway deck. Yeah, it's a good one to get you started on pimping your own. Right on. That's cool. That's a cool start. I like that. But yeah, you've my my point was that you've got a ways to go before two thousand, so you've got time. Like suddenly picking up nine hundred followers isn't really as uh it's not really that easy to do. Um, right. Even if you're giving away a uh a zombie EDH deck. I'm just hoping I win it. I think that'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Random out of two thousand people. Oh, it's me. It would go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably give it away to a listener on the show. Yeah. You know, like somehow find another way to give it away. Okay, so there are a couple uh, there are a couple of spoilers I wanted to talk about. And I guess I got to give uh, credit to uh, magic.tcgplayer.com uh, because I'm on their Facebook page. Um, and there are a couple spoilers that um, I thought were really interesting. Um the first one I wanted to talk about is a card called Faithless Looting. Have you seen this? I saw it very quickly, um, but I think it looked awesome. Um, it's sick. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is apparently from the second issue of the Magic comic book. But it's also being printed in Dark Ascension. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, this is an exclusive card for use with the upcoming Magic the Gathering Dark Ascension set. So this is very strong possibility. This is a proper card from... Dark Ascension. It's called Faithless Looting. It's one red. It's a sorcery. Draw two cards, then discard two cards. Flashback a red and two. What? So it's draw two, discard two, but you don't you don't randomly discard two. You right. choose two. That's I think when I first read it, I was like, oh, it's like kind of desperate ravings. And then I was like, oh wait. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's got it, flashback. You choose and discard, and it's got flashback. And Chandra's Phoenix is legal. Yeah. Discard Chandra's Phoenix and then use that burn spell you drew to burn them and get back the Chandra's Phoenix. Yeah, wow. Or to fill your graveyard up for Grim Lavamancer. Holy crap. So good. Yeah, it that that card looks really, really good. Now, that's the only spoiler I've seen, and, and that was when I was in San Francisco. So I, I think when I saw it, I was like in the middle of doing something at Worlds, right. and so I kind of missed I, – I like read it and went, ooh, and then continued doing whatever I was doing. Uh, right, I haven't right. thought about it anymore. In fact, the funny thing is I think um, uh, Arthur Halavase, uh, or Halavay, I think is actually how you pronounce his, his last name. Halavay. Uh-huh. 
A Holiday on Twizzler? Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, I, I met him in in, um, in San Francisco, and he won a PTQ there. Beat. So right. uh, shout out to him um, and congrats. Uh, he tweeted, like, I just built a Faithless Looting deck, and I'm now going and buying all the cards for it. And I look, I went to magiccards.info. I'm like, what is Faithless Looting? And I like, looked it up, and like nothing came up. I'm like, he must be talking about some other game. You know, like it didn't even occur to me that this was the card I had seen like, you know, 12 hours earlier or something. Must be talking about loot cards from World of Warcraft. Yeah, I was just like, it must be another game that he's talking about. I don't know what that is. Uh, And it just didn't even occur to me. Anyway, so you have more spoilers. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, they they recently announced um, Plane Chase, the Second Age. Ah, that's right, yeah. Um, Which is actually the, the official name of it. And then there's going to be Plane Chase Three Kingdoms in three years. And that one's only going to be printed in a very limited fashion, and they're going to be worth hundreds of dollars. Um, Did you just all make, all, make all that all up? Facts, I think you all just facts, all facts. So um, I, I, you definitely made me doubt myself because I certainly didn't read the article. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, Plane Chase, cool, all right. Yeah, so Plane Chase: The Second Age will be released January first. To no, I'm kidding. I'm making up all this stuff, <laughs> but there is a spoiler from it. There are two spoilers from it. Um, uh, there's a card called Maelstrom Wanderer. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a seven-five for blue, red, green, and five. I think right? I saw this. Really damn expensive legendary creature, elemental creatures you control have haste, and it has cascade. Cascade. cascade, right? Oh my gosh, crazy double cascade. That seems pretty good. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And then another thing is um, they added a card type uh, into into the plane chase decks. So there's a card there's a card type called Phenomenon, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the card that they spoiled for it is Time Distortion. Okay, I didn't right? think I saw this. Maybe and I did. It, I don't remember. Time Distortion is a phenomenon. And it says, when you encounter time distortion, reverse the game's turn order. Okay. For example, if play had proceeded clockwise around the table, it now goes counterclockwise. Then planes walk away from this phenomenon. So so it pops up, and then it goes away. You know what I mean? It just goes right. straight away, and you get another, and you get another uh, plane. So that's really interesting. Um, and then finally, we have the holiday card for 2011. Oh, spoiled. yeah. You lose. You lose. <laughs> I didn't even realize that that's what it was. Wow. You'll, You'll ooze. ooze. <laughs> You'll lose. You lose. That's really funny. Uh Two colorless, a red, and a green. It's a 1-1 ooze. At the beginning of your upkeep, destroy another non-land permanent chosen at random. Then put a number of plus one, plus one counters on you lose equal to that permanent's converted mana cost. And then it has red, green, eat some food, regenerate, you'll lose. (laughs) And the flavor text is, it loves having family for dinner. Yeah, you gotta love those those holiday cards. I liked uh, what is it? Gifts, uh, gifts oh, given. Gifts given. Yeah, I love I love the holiday cards when they give us one. Yeah, I mean, they. Uh, I, I I think I I don't. If we get one, I'll just give it to you. So <laughs> it's uh, I'm not I'm I think they're cool. Like I I get a kick out of reading them. I don't really need to own any because I'm I would never play them in a casual format, and I don't. I'm not as much of a collector as I am. Uh, 
player, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, the, I love the the design. It's always fun. So, but uh, but speaking of Dark Ascension, that's actually not that far away when you think about it. We're like it sure isn't like two months from a pre-release, which is pretty, you know, quick when you think like two months back Innistrad came out. Like that doesn't seem that long ago. It feels like no. Innistrad just came out, and then you know we're halfway to a to a pre-release. And this usually feels like the like slowest time of year. Yeah, it definitely does, and I, I can kind of still feel that. We we have a ways to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I'm thinking about it now. As soon as I said it, I'm like, but wait, we have all of December and all of January before we get new cards, pretty much. Yeah, well, as we have a ways to go as far as like, uh, in, you know news and things like that unless they you know the bannings will be coming up we'll be interested to to see what happens there but we have another pretty big event the star city invitational we've got uh, st louis coming up this weekend um and that's going to pretty much set things up for the invitational in charlotte next weekend december 10th and 11th um i'm excited i get to be there to do commentary on the invitational Mm -hmm. uh, with jacob van lunen and um it's going to be interesting because, like we were saying earlier, with standard, it's kind of a, it's kind of a whiplashy format. Like, oh, this is the best deck. Oh no, now that now that deck's terrible. You know, we've had this worlds format where there was all this tempered steel, and tempered steel made the top eight. And even though it wasn't one of the best performing decks, like it did fine, but it wasn't like a, a really a top performing deck. It just appeared in the top eight. Um, but still, you need to kind of be prepared for it. Uh, like looking at, I'm actually looking at some of the world's um, world's pages here. Um, day one undefeated deck list: David Kaplan's mono red. He he actually did make top eight, so his mono red deck in the top eight wasn't, uh, you know, it, it it was indicative of the power of that deck. And then uh, Junior Iyanaga, who won the event, uh, also went undefeated on day one with his wolf run deck. Um, but there was another green, red wolf run. Uh, Conley did go undefeated with tempered steel. Uh, Conley went undefeated the whole weekend, except for when he scooped and then lost in the top eight. <laughs> it's like kind of crazy. Um, Craig Wesco, uh, it, he made top eight also with the, uh, with the Geist aggro list that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Andrew Cuneo had blue-white control, which this was an awesome-looking deck. And I think he was probably the only one playing this list. Uh, and he went undefeated on day one uh, with, with the standard – in the standard portion. Uh, I guess he the wheels fell off after that. But his deck has two creatures in it, just two Snapcaster mages. So, like, you know this is going to be full-on control when the only two creatures are Snapcaster mages. Uh, two blue sun zenith. Win conditions or draw spells. Four day of judgment. Three dissipate. Four mana leak. Two negate. Uh, so there's what is that? Uh, nine counter spells. Four ponder. Three ratchet bomb. So add that to the day of judgment, and that's seven sweepers main deck. Four think twice, and then he's got two Karn Lim- liberated, two Gideon Jura, and one Elspeth Tyrell. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a, a planeswalker. Uh, it, it kind of wants to win on the back of those planeswalkers, but I, I love this. Was actually my favorite standard deck to come out of Worlds besides Chapin's Grixis list, and yeah. uh, 
Chapin, and, and it's funny because I was talking about this at Worlds, and now I've heard several other people mention it, like how he loves to play these lists that he can play, but nobody else seems to be able to. <laughs> like, right. He knows what's going on, but they're always very complicated. He did it with Tezzeret um, in Paris and then did it now with basically Olivia Tremor Control. Uh, I mean, mm. Olivia Control uh, with uh, in at Worlds. But uh, then again, I haven't played with his Grixis list yet. It may not be as complicated as it seems, but it, the mana base seems pretty scary. It's basically four colors because he can flashback Ancient Grudge. Um, so that seems kind of iffy. But anyway, those those were kind of my favorite lists. But anyway, I'm I'm not sure like what what really to expect out of the metagame this week. I mean. People that are looking at worlds are kind of seeing, you know, if they're just looking at the undefeated lists, you've got Tempered Steel, Geist Aggro, and Mono Red representing, like, balls to the wall aggro kind of um, decks. And then you've got the blue-white control as kind of the only control list. And then the two Wolf Run decks that are ramp decks. Uh, so I guess you've got a little bit of everything. Um Blue-black control seems to have fallen off the wagon or something, but uh, if Wolf Run is doing so well, then maybe maybe blue-black needs to come back. Solar Flare is nowhere to be found. Uh, kind of, I'm not really surprised about that, but uh, there was that blue-red tempo list that we mentioned earlier that won, or that made the finals of uh, Star City Open a couple weeks ago, so it's... Uh, I guess there's I, – I don't really know what to expect from this metagame, and I, I'm kind of really interested to see what comes out of St. Louis this weekend before I kind of uh, – or at least to get a clearer picture of what to expect Yeah. In uh, at the Invitational. But the Invitational, just like a Pro Tour, is one of those events where you're, you're better off gambling because you can win more money. So you'd rather play a deck that – that uh you know that has kind of high variance like i can either go x and o or i'm going to go o and x you know <laughs> and right. uh the, the guys on in contention were talking about this uh on their last episode and the invitational is one of those tournaments like that since it's uh so high uh su- such a high payout so um makes sense but yeah i guess we'll we'll see what happens uh this weekend in st louis and next weekend in charlotte <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Nothing I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure I'll think of it as soon as like we get off of here. Well, I have a couple shout-outs, and I believe you probably agree with some of these. Um, sure. Shout-out, of course, to our buddy Adam Staborski for taking over the reins at Gathering Magic. What, let me know when you get to the one I agree with. Okay. You didn't like that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. That is like the most amazing, incredible news ever. I'm so excited for Adam. It's unreal. Adam, a frequent guest on the podcast. A uh, friend. Uh, yeah, a frequent guest, a friend of ours. Uh, writes for Daily MTG, the serious fun column. Um, now taking over the reins for Trick Jarrett, who is passing the torch to Adam. So that he can go from Florida all the way up to the other side of the country, other corner of the country, up to Renton, Washington, and work for Wizards of the Coast as the uh, the, the content manager, I believe. He's taking over Kelly Diggs' old position. So, Oh, wow. That is awesome. Like, it's 
I couldn't think of like a better series of events there. You know, like Patrick seems perfect for that, and Adam is perfect for for gathering magic. Like I I don't know what it is about that whole situation, but it just seemed like you couldn't have scripted it better. Yeah. So congratulations to both of those guys, and shout out, of course. Um, Shout out to Andrew Harris for playing my modern deck. Uh, anybody else who's interested in the list, again, it's on AffinityForIslands.com. And if you play it and have comments about it, ideas, definitely let me know because it's still brewing. I'm still trying to think of uh, things. I, I, I really like the uh, I really like the deck, but it's not a completed piece yet. Um, still evolving. Um, also wanted to shout out to the guys at In Contention Podcast. Um, for, uh, for trading me an In Contention t-shirt. I, I traded them a Yo! MTG Taps t-shirt and got an In Contention shirt, and they sent me uh, some of their awesome uh, What Would Jace the Mind Sculptor Do bracelets. Nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll have one for you, Joe. I'll bring it on Thursday. Oh, that's great. It says, Jace died for your format on it. <laughs> so awesome. So uh, shout out to, uh, to Sam Stodd and Cranny and Ruben Bressler uh, over at In Contention. If you're not listening to that podcast... Uh, you should be, and th- that means you too, Joe. Um, uh, also wanted to mention Brian Bird, who uh, emailed me Ace, uh, I think is his nickname. He uh, he does altars. Uh, his site is acesalteredart.com. I'll put that in the, the show notes. And he has uh, some pictures on Facebook, so facebook.com slash acesalteredart. Um, he just wanted to, to let us know that he does alters, and uh, I figured I'd give him a shout-out on the show, and you guys can check it out. For those of you who like uh, like to get cards altered, there's um, there's one of the, the many options that you have, um, so check that out. Uh, anything you wanted to add, Joe? Um, yeah, I mean, I want to give a shout-out to, uh, again, if I haven't already, I want to give a shout-out to Owen Burke. Mm, um, oh, yeah. Well, we mentioned them earlier, yeah. Who hooked me up with these awesome sleeves for my commander deck. Sent them to me from France, just out of the kindness of his heart. Um, and they are um, like Uncle Sam as a zombie saying, I want your brains. If Owen, uh, if you can point us in the direction to, of where to get those sleeves, I'm sure a lot of people would want to know. He's a Z Magic, Z I Magic. No spaces there. Right. On Twitter. Uh, we already mentioned upcoming events, but I'll do it again. Star City Games Open Series this weekend in St. Louis, December 3rd and 4th, with, uh, I believe, Brian Kibler and Adrian Sullivan as the SCG Live commentators. Nice. Uh, and then next weekend, Star City Games Open Series and Invitational in Charlotte, December 10th and the 11th, with uh, JVL and I doing the commentary. Um, also, note that is there is an open event. At the same right. time. So, like, just because you're not qualified for the Invitational, you can still show up and play in the Open. It's, a, it's an SCG Open, just like any other. There just also happens to be an Invitational going on with, you know, hint, hint, all the good players that have been already playing on, on the Open Series are in the Invitational. So, mm. the Open part is a little softer, theoretically. 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 I know, I think, uh, at the last Invitational... Or, or one of the more recent ones. I, I, I want to say it was Pat Cox was uh, was like, yeah, I'm qualified for the Invitational, but I'd rather play <laughs> the Open because it's softer. And I think he won it or top eight it or something. I, for some reason, I'm thinking it's Pat Cox, and he did very well, and that was his logic. And you know, I could be totally dreaming that entire thing up, but um, that's that's you know, whatever. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. 
But um, but yeah. So uh, that's everything for this week. Is it everything, Joe? Sure. We are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. Great Scott. We It was like blip 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 blip, blip. <laughs> like kind of got staticky. <laughs>